Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Sunday afternoon. Thank you for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I heard the, uh, the ESPN announcers, Robbie, were saying they don't like to go to Starbucks because they don't like the taste of coffee. You know what I say to that? Get to Strange Brew. They'll, they'll change your mind. Apparently, there were a lot of things that those guys said that were just... Yeah, well, we don't want to go too far down the list of things that were said by those two guys. We'll stick with with that one. Uh, hopefully, you guys made it over to Strange Brew, Strange Brew this weekend. I made it to Churn and Spoon on Friday. That was fantastic with the kids. And, uh, man, it's just such a great local business. We got we got early morning baseball, and I say 11 a.m. is early. At least for me, it is. So, make sure you hit Strange Brew up on your way to the ballpark on Monday morning college did you pitch did you pitch uh victory sunday i forgot i, I, I had him i was talking to him and i, I didn't I, I gotta do we've that. got to get that message across we'll make it happen uh want to thank uh college corner our sponsor down there in the jackson area want to give a shout out to our friend traquan key who won our uh, contest this week he got a 50 dollars gift card from college corner we've got more giveaways coming and guys i mean it's sunday today i think if i'm correct we are two weeks away from father's day it's time to start putting the pressure on. Tell your significant others, hey, hit me up at College Corner. I want some brand new MSU merchandise, a new polo, a new hat, something. CollegeCornerStore.com and the two locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet and Flowo by the Half Shell. That's where you'll find College Corner. I don't know how much you could do out on the patio this week at Humble Taco with the torrential downpours we've been experiencing here. I wasn't aware we had moved to Seattle. But that being said, always a good time at Humble Taco. Head over there and enjoy Mexican fare with Mississippi Roots. Incredible twist on all of your southern favorites turned into Mexican favorites. And a menu that encompasses just about everybody. Gluten-free, keto, vegan, vegetarian. Whatever you've got, the pickiest of eater will find something they enjoy at Humble Taco. Well, Robbie, we were supposed to be, you know, uh, it's it's 1 o'clock on a Sunday here. We are supposed to be, you know, maybe getting ready to go over to see Campbell VCU if you wanted to do that, and then later this evening Mississippi State uh, versus the winner of that game. But as we know now, uh, Mississippi State's game has been postponed until Monday. The Bulldogs will take on the winner of Campbell VCU, which is going to be played at 6.30 p.m. tonight uh, at Diddy Noble. They will play that game at 11 a.m. tomorrow. If they win that game, the regional is over. If they lose, they will play another game. I believe it's at 4 p.m. Central Time. But... We say all that, you know, that's a lot of a lot of, of words and a lot of uh, movement on the schedule to say this. Mississippi State's going to advance to the Super Regionals here. Sure feels that way. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about on Friday when we started breaking this regional down. And we were doing – there was a lot of hand-wringing, you know, who do you start on Friday? Um, you know, these guys can hit the ball. You know, a lot of people worried about some things. And you and I both said it just feels like we're going to do a lot of worrying and a lot of complaining and all that stuff. And Mississippi State is still going to go three and zero in this regional, and that's still in play. Um, and, and both games have really not been in doubt. Mississippi State came out in the first game against Sanford. Will Bednar on the first pitch gave up a solo home run, kind of put that to the back burner, and the offense got going a little bit. Got some key hits. Uh, Bednar pitched really well, and they won that ball game. And then against VCU, which was a game that a lot of people were really worried about because they scored 19 runs in that first game of the of the uh, regional, mm-hmm. State came out and just handled it. I mean, it, the only time that game really felt like it was in the balance was 
in an inning where you kind of, you felt like Be- w- w- Christian McLeod was left in a little too long, and they scored three runs to to cut that lead. But what does State do? Like any great team, they came back in the bottom of that inning and put the foot on the gas pedal and put that game away emphatically. And it was just an impressive all-around ball game, I thought, by yeah. Mississippi State. Even with you know McLeod going through a couple of struggles in that game, I thought the pitching was was really good in that ball game against against a lineup that can really hurt you. You, you could not have drawn up a better situation for Mississippi State pitching wise to get the kind of starts they got out of uh, Bednar and McLeod. McLeod, like you mentioned, you know, obviously a, a batter too long. I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. And you and I both thought he was come out in the third. I, I don't know that I've seen. Something like that, where it looked like he had totally lost control. You and I, I think a lot of us in the press box thought he might have been injured. That he yeah. might he kept going to his hand, and he thought, "Is there a blister or a hangnail ha- happening there? What's going on?" And then he just regained control after. I don't know what Scott Foxhall said, but I want Scott Foxhall to come to my house, talk to my wife, talk to my kids, see if we can get them motivated here. I don't know, but it really worked, and and McLeod got to the rest of the game. And that was incredible. I mean, yeah. and he and I, I mentioned to you that is that is a moment that earlier in the season would have just overwhelmed would have spun him. out of control. Yeah, he he would have he would have, he would have not been able to get out of that. that. Would have been, and the Lamonis would have been. And I think we thought that. I thought you know he, he throws he walks the first two guys, then he throws a, a what a ball and then a wild pitch, and Foxhall comes out, and I'm thinking if this if this guy gets on, that's it. Yeah, McLeod's out, and that's going to be that's going to be tough for Mississippi State. They're going to have to go into the bullpen before they really want it to. Instead, McLeod just regained control of the game. And then, you know, obviously, State gains total control with a monster nine-run sixth inning. Did I say sixth? Did I just do a Jim sixth. Ellis? Sixth. You did. Yeah, I think sixth. I just did a Jim Ellis there. Um, but that was a guy that I told you was my yeah. playmaker for this And Ben was mine, so it really worked out. Because I felt like that game, and now it's it's proving true, I felt like that middle game was the game. You have to get that middle game whether you win or lose, and, and and especially winning, that was so big for Mississippi State to have five and two thirds from from Will, from Christian McLeod, and give your bullpen an opportunity to to be well rested. And now you go into these next two days, possibly or maybe just today, and you have your full arsenal because now you have a day off from Brandon Smith, so he's going to come back refreshed. He threw. I don't know how many pitches he threw, 25, 30 pitches uh, against VCU. He's going to be refreshed. You're going to have everyone, yeah. literally everyone. Yeah. Parker Stinnett came in in the ninth inning, just He's blew fine. everyone away. So it just seems like, you know, I don't want to put too much into these two games, but it just seems like this team is locked in. And we talked about, you know, the SEC tournament and what do you kind of take away from that. We can now say emphatically that, that literally just does not matter. The yeah. SEC tournament just does not matter no anymore. Question. No question. The, this team, this team obviously is locked in. They know what's at stake, and they have come out so far this weekend and proven that they are capable of making a run here in the postseason. And they need to take care of business in one more game. But this team looks pretty good right now. I like that the fact that uh, for the most part it seems like they're getting production throughout the order. Obviously, Forsyth has been you know not very very productive, but. The emergence of Cumbus and Clark down there on the bottom, the Twin Towers, as uh, Chris Limonis referred to them on on Saturday night. I mean, back-to-back home runs. I think between them they had two hits. Uh, they were on base three more times, and they drove in five runs on Saturday night. 
we've been talking all all season about the bottom of the order and can they get some production down there. Not only do you have production, you have two guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark down there. Kellum Clark, I know you are you're sort of driving that train right now. Future star for Mississippi State. But I think Compass is an, a guy that you know a few weeks ago we thought okay he's starting to figure it out and then he had the bad series was it against South Carolina I think and and and, and he just sort of fell off the map and they they tried they went back to this I think right now State has finally figured its lineup out this is the best lineup State has Cam James good defensively all of a sudden I don't know yeah. what happened there Cam James obviously he's seeing the ball very very well I don't know anybody who could say otherwise and. Just top to bottom, they're just getting production. And that's what you've been missing the last few weeks. You've been missing that, you know, the, the middle of the order to towards the bottom, the, everybody being in sync. You, you might have the top two or three guys in the order that are, that are doing really well. Then you get down to five or six, and you might have some guys there. But there's been a hole in the middle or a hole at the bottom lineup. And it just seems like everybody's starting to come together. Lane Forsythe's probably the one guy right now that – you just don't feel great about when yeah. he comes up to the plate. But other than that, I mean, you're talking about the first eight guys in the lineup, you feel like at any point can come through with a big hit. I mean, I don't think Logan Logan Tanner did come through with a big hit last night. He had a he had a sharp single, I think, yeah. line drive. So I can't even say that he's that he's struggling to get the big hit. Yeah. You know, Luke Hancock, you feel good about him every time somebody's on base. His bats are productive. Yes, nothing else. And, and he was he was the catalyst. It, it was kind of a tale of two different offenses for Mississippi State in those first two games. In the first game, they were just manufacturing runs mm-hmm. and and doing it well. They were getting timely hits. They were getting productive at bats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't driving the ball out of the yard or anything like that. Against VCU, they were just smoking it. I mean, yeah. they were just hunting fastballs. Even balls. in the first inning, the, the, the balls were being hit hard. Yes. Rowdy Jordan is as locked in as anybody in this regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything he is hitting is smoked. Even the outs are smoked. Tanner Allen is just He's steady. Tanner Allen, yeah. So you look at this lineup right now and you say, if you get this kind of production from these guys down the stretch here, State's a very dangerous team. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of been what you've been waiting for is that consistency in the lineup all year. And you have three hits from everybody in the, you know, the first three in your order. Then you have the you know the big hits from Kellum Clark and Brad Combis. Scotty DeBrule had another two-hit game. Yeah. He's over 300 career hits. So it, it's just an offense that just seems like they're locked in. I don't know what happened, but it just seems like, you know, it, at times when Chris Lamonis has been coach here, it just seems like he pushes the right buttons at the right times. And I, I've seen people call him a mediocre coach. Um, they don't like his decisions. If you can't see how productive he is as a head coach and getting messages across to his team and and pulling the right strings more often than not, I don't know what to tell you. But whatever he did, letting him off for a couple of days or whatever – it seems to have worked, and we'll see if that continues as this regional closes out. We talk about Lamonis, and he has this knack for making the right decision. The decisions he made. Well, at some point, it stops being luck. You know, he's obviously, you know, his 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 research, his thought process is accurate. His the analytics he's using are good, and he he's making the correct decisions more often than not. I mean, I didn't agree with starting Bednar on Friday, but it worked perfectly. And now you now you're in a position where. Even with this now with the day of rest, especially everybody outside of Bednar and McLeod are, are good to go, and yeah. you're going to you know you're locked in. You mentioned Stanett a minute ago, and we talked about this in the press box. I think we've mentioned on the show. I mean, think about Virginia Commonwealth. I don't know. I think they're in the Atlantic Sun is at the conference they're in. I think that's right. 
That sounds and, right, maybe. And I don't if know. not, it's, it's, it's something like that. And you think about a guy like Parker Stinnett, who is State's, what, fifth, sixth guy out of the bullpen? I mean, he's behind Sims. He's behind Harding. He's probably behind Preston Johnson. You know, maybe a couple of other guys. That guy would be the best pitcher in their conference by a wide margin. There's nobody in that conference probably throwing 95, 96 consistently like Parker Stinnett does. State's just throwing him out there in garbage time. I mean, that is some, that, that's, something, that's a hill to overcome mentally when you're thinking, gosh, even the guys they're bringing out here just trying to close the game out are future major league guys. So, And he is like, he is so interesting. Like his, If he gets control. I mean, it, he's not getting hit. He is not, nobody's hitting him He this walks year. him and strikes him out. Yeah. He, he's either walking guys or striking them out. He's, nobody's hitting him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, I mean, he's gotten state in trouble a couple times and mm-hmm. he's gotten out of it. Yeah. So I like he's so hard to figure out, but he's one of those guys you need him to be productive in the postseason for you to have success because the, you haven't had a lot of guys that you can count on this year to come out of the bullpen consistently, and you know when they come in there they're going to shut some guys down. Uh, but I mean a one five six earned average on the year, which is just kind of mind boggling when you think about it because he's walked. Let's see, 13 guys in 17 innings. Yeah. But he struck out 30. Yeah. So, and he came in there last night and was oh, just. Oh, he just knew. I mean, he just blew it past it's them. It's 16 and, to 4. I can just throw the fastball and, and I'm good. And, and, and mixed in a couple of breaking balls. I mean, they could not touch him. And they couldn't touch. I mean, let's be honest, Christian McLeod was blowing 90 past him. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. It was weird how, how effective the fastball was for Christian McLeod. You don't normally, normally mm-hmm. it's his breaking stuff. That gets outs for him. It was not on Saturday night. Is this a fair statement? When you think about Stanett and how good what his ceiling is, right? And you think about you know Josh Hatcher not having the kind of year he had, and the kind of year that you know Eric Sarantola, the stuff that he has, and he hasn't been anywhere on the radar for anything. Is it possible to say that this team at forty-two and fifteen, as good as that record is, they're not anywhere close to how good they could have been? No, absolutely not. Because when you think about it, if you go back to Week one in the regular season, and you tell me that Eric Sarantola is going to f- just completely flop. He's not going to help you at all. Right. He's not going to be any, any part of your plans. Josh Hatcher is going to be batting 170 or whatever he is, and he's going to be on the bench. You're going to have to start Luke Hancock at first base. Th- just those two things happening. If you tell me that happened, I'm going to tell you that State might not have been a host. Um, and they would have probably been, you know, middle of the pack in the SEC. Right. And you're looking at a team that's a national seat. So yeah. again, I say, if you if you put those two things together and tell me that Chris Lamonis is an average coach, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't. I don't you're starting a true freshman at shortstop. Cam James didn't work out at shortstop. So you're telling me that the shortstop didn't work out. Your first baseman that's a senior is just gone by the wayside. Your third starter couldn't get it done, and you're having to put in a true freshman most of the year at as a Sunday starter, there's no chance. There's no chance for State to be a national seed. And here they are, like they have been each of the last two years, right in the mix to have a chance to go to Omaha. I mean, we can, we can break this team down all we want to. We can talk about, you know, all their flaws. We can talk about Chris Lamonis leaving in, Christian McLeod too long, um, the offense not being productive for part of the year, the, the pitching staff not living up to the hype. At the end of the day, 
this team's a top eight national seed, and they're three wins away from Omaha. It really is something when you, when you think about it in, in those terms of how this, this team could have been a lot, lot better. And at the same time, you know, at the same, you th- those things could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of a an interesting balance of where where this team is right now. I don't know that I've ever felt sorry for a player, but you and I both did last night for the for the uh, VCU Andrew Ward, the VCU pitcher who there was obviously a calculated decision made by VCU to vote. We're not winning this game. We've got to win three more times. We cannot just keep throwing pitching at this, and they just sort of left him out there to rot. I mean, I expect. I mean, Campbell and VCU have been tearing the base paths up here. I fully expect this game, if it gets played today, and I think it will, uh, to be another 15-10 to 10 kind of game. This is this is the problem for VCU, or whoever wins this game, is that they just they literally are not going to have any pitching. I, I mean, no. they're going to be throwing position players out there at some point. It, it, I, I don't see how, if State were to bottle this somehow, this would be an all-time job. Yes, I don't think that's going to happen though. I think we were looking ahead to a Mississippi State, and it looks like Notre Dame super regional. Uh, Steve Robertson's tweets obviously got read by Notre Dame. <laughs> they they are not happy campers up there in South Bend <laughs> about not getting that national seat. But yeah, it looks like ticked. that's what's going to be. There. They are ticked off about that. And about UConn the... was a hot team. They're a good yeah. baseball team. Notre Dame beat them twenty six to three yesterday. I mean that they've basically just got in that locker room and said, you know what, that the committee didn't think we were good enough. A we're lot of people them. don't think we're good enough. We're going to show them. That makes them a dangerous team. If yes, that, if that indeed is the matchup next weekend uh, here in Starkville. So 11 a.m. first pitch for Mississippi State baseball on Monday, and if they lose uh, game, the final game will be at 4 p.m. Still no word uh, from uh, Miss, from Mississippi State from Crystal Munis who that starter was going to be. He did say. On Saturday night, they plan to watch the game on Sunday between VCU and Campbell and see who comes out of that game, and, and then they'll plan their matchups accordingly. I feel like it's going to be Fristo. Yeah. They'll give him a turn through the order and then turn it over to Harding, and then you have Landon Sims available for probably – I don't even think in terms of innings. I think in terms of pitches, probably 40 to 50 pitches. I mean, you need two innings from Fristo. Just two you innings, two quality innings from Jackson Fristo. You, if you leave job. with the lead or the game is tied, yeah, you're good because you're good. Houston, you feel Sims. like Houston Harding can get you four, yeah, at least, and then Sims from there. Yes, so that's that's where Mississippi State is. Let's move on over to football. That's right to be our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. They've got a lot of great sales going on. I think I saw that the uh, the beef short ribs back on sale. That's a great thing. Ground beef on sale. Welcome Home Beef, just taken over. Taking over my grill, your grill, taking over a lot of our local restaurants. I think I've mentioned it, Papito's Grill in Ridgeland, Uno Mas up in Oxford. A lot of places now serving Welcome Home Beef on their menus. You need to serve it on yours as well. Call them today and find out what you're going to put on the grill very, very soon, maybe this weekend. 662-268-8148 or visit them online. WelcomeHomeBeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers smoked meats. Again, the patio, probably not the place to be in these in these downpours we're having, but certainly inside, a lot of great stuff going on. It's one of Starkville's finest restaurants. Three stars, four stars, five stars is what I'm giving it. It's some of the best food in town. You definitely want to go check it out over there in the heart of the Cotton District. Grab yourself some smoked wings, some barbecue tacos, maybe a delicious cheeseburger. They'll take care of you over there. Two brothers smoked meats, smoked southern soul food in the heart of the Cotton District. Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of you, and they've got two ways to do it. They provide an inventory of services, of products, of technology, everything your business needs to keep profits high and problems low. But they also back that up with customer service that you would expect 
from your local neighbors. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They are a local business. They are Mississippi through and through and have been for over 45 years. Call them today and put them to work for you like they've helped so many other businesses in our state. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. First time for you, Robbie. Somebody play the song. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I remember the first time we played it, and uh, somebody tweeted at me. They were like, I literally spit coffee all over my steering wheel. <laughs> Had no idea that was coming. Don Terry Russell. Robbie, he's listed as a defensive end at 6'4 and 200 pounds. You sure he's not a wide receiver? He is just like his brother. Yeah, his brother That's was all I can super say. thin. Yeah, I mean they are literally they're I mean almost twins. Yeah, they they are the same body type and everything. So I mean there there's there's hope for him yet to uh, grow into an SEC defensive end. Well, and Demonte has Demonte Russell's yes. his brother, who's now up to about two hundred and sixty pounds. Don Terry, six four, two hundred, out of Provine High School, uh, ran as the number seventeen defensive end in the country. Uh, by 24-7 Sports, uh, four-star prospect. His commitment, MSU's uh, 13th of the of the recruiting cycle, puts the Bulldog into ni- Bulldogs into ninth in the national uh, ratings. I tweeted about this Friday night after the commitment. Teddy Knox committed on June 24th a year ago to Mississippi State. That commitment put MSU at 41st nationally. State is at ninth right now with a list of guys that – would you would say are favored to commit to Mississippi State? Guys like Stone Blanton, Xavier Harris, uh, uh, Bryson Hurst, guys like that. This this could end up being it's potentially a top twenty class. I, I would say between twenty and twenty five is, is most likely, but it's got a chance to crack nineteen eighteen if things go Mississippi State's way. And it is really funny to me, Robbie. And we talked you talked about this I think last week. It doesn't state Mullen, Moorhead, Leach. Three different coaches, three different philosophies on recruiting, but the summertime is still where state thrives in recruiting. Yep. Ole Miss, Freeze, Luke, Kiffin. Three different coaches, three different well, three different philosophies on recruiting. And they'll they'll heat up around signing day. And you can say what you want about, you know, what's going on there. Money spins in July the same way it spins in December. Nobody's nobody's writing it off as a Christmas bonus. why is that? It's just like a culture thing. It's, it's so odd, though. Well, it's, it's kind of like the the type of players that you recruit. I mean, it's just like everything kind of just follows the same path. Mississippi State is, you know, a, a program that's built around those those defensive linemen and linebackers, and it just seems like they're going to continue that trend as well. But it is strange how they build this class up early on in the process uh, and try to just hold on through signing day. But – it's just kind of how Mississippi State has become over the years, especially since Dan Mullen was there and Ole Miss the same way. I mean, they're all about presenting, uh, you know, the red carpet and and uh, having those big official visit weekends. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State's kind of more laid back and, and, if, and just if you getting, really want to play the uh, sort of the the fun, you know, fan way for people to perceive the programs. State gets its commitments at camps. Yes. Where you have to go and work. 
Ole Miss gets its commitments out on these official visits, which are more like a party. So it's it's I mean it really is a really odd cultural kind of thing. But two team there's two programs selling the same thing, the same way that you know Ole Miss presented their uh, the spring game. Yeah, you know, they had the red carpet stuff, yeah, yeah. guys getting out and the shirts yeah. and ties and stuff. It's just so uh, we can go off in a different a conversation. Whole, that's it's a just, whole week's worth. Of it shows. is so weird to me how different the cultures are at Mississippi State and Ole Miss, for, and, and we're an hour and a half away from yeah, each for, other. Yeah, exactly. You would we're think, acting like we're on two different planets. Yeah, you, you, I would agree with that. Don Terry Russell's a player that when I've heard you guys on twenty four seven talk about him, looks like he's a high ceiling guy. That like he's not anywhere near his potential at this point. And I, I mean, you can tell that because he's a defensive end that weighs two hundred pounds. But just I guess the easy question is. Who's who's better, him or his brother? I think he might have a higher ceiling than his brother. Okay. He looks a little more athletic to me. Uh, you know, the obvious comparison is his brother, but I compare him too to somebody like Marquis Spencer, who you know just needed to come into a good weight program here and develop. He's kind of like that, got that raw potential, but a great pass rusher, um, and just like you know his brother, that both of those guys can really get after the quarterback. I'm excited to see his brother play because it just seems like we haven't been able to – he was hurt a little bit his first year, and then he had the car wreck. Um, So I'm excited to see him. I mean – he obviously looked okay, looked okay in the bowl game after the after the game, yeah, whenever sure he did. was throwing hands. So uh, it looks like he's it looks like he's back to health. Yeah, but um, should be fun to see those two guys on this defensive line coming up the next few years, and I think they fit really well in this particular defense. Yeah, obviously MSU back to camp uh, this week uh, with the the first recruiting camp since the twenty. 20- since the summer of 2020, or summer of 2019, I guess. That's a, that's incredible when you think about that. The staff's first camp. I mean, they, yeah. they have not, they've been here for over a year, and they've they had, had one, any kind of camp. two camps. You know? And again, I was talking to some people in the press box, and they were just like, you know, some people who work in the football office were like, we're, we're just meeting some of these guys for the first time. The, the, the new prospects who just showed up, hey, I'm, I'm a Mississippi State football player now. Wow, I've never been here before. You know, never been yeah. in the SEAL building. Never been to Starkville. So, and you know what? Talking to Paul Jones, those guys are having a blast right now. He said they were they were at camp. They were at both of the camps the last two days. And they spent they the whole day there. Last year. You know, they're they're at Duty Noble. Yeah. I mean, those guys are having an absolute blast because they've never they, been they, here. They couldn't do anything last year. It's just it's if incredible. I, I, I'm not one to tell Leach's business, but like if I were Mike Leach, I would try to spend like the first couple of weeks with those guys and be like, let's sort of make it like official visits. You know, let them have fun, yeah. and then we'll get into the work, which is coming. Uh, very very soon. Any anything of note from camp beyond the commitment of Don Terry Russell? Yeah, you know I talked to Paul uh, a good bit because I wasn't able to go to camp. Paul is just ingrained in that stuff, and, and Steve and those guys as well. Uh, but he was going back and forth from football to basketball. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, and there, I think, there were basketball camps this weekend too. Yeah. And Paul is just in his element. I mean, he acts. He might he might give you some kind of lip service like you know he doesn't like it or whatever he loves that stuff that's his that's his thing yeah so he was going back and forth but you know one of the one of the main points that Paul mentioned to me and I want to encourage you to go to 247 and get a subscription because he's had some great notes they got they got some great stuff on the first two days of camp over there that's a lot more detailed and you can you can find out a lot more about what went on that's for our subscribers you need to go check us out we have a 60% off deal by the way but anyway one of the main things he mentioned to me was I just it felt like they made a big move with the big uglies 
so to speak, the big offensive lineman. They had a big crew there this weekend. Cam East from New Orleans was there. I think they made a I think they made a big impression on him. Um, Jaheim Otis, the, the Alabama commitment on the other side of the ball was there. Xavier Harris was there. I'm not a football coach, and I'm not a guy who can really break down film, but I saw a couple of tidbits or a couple of videos of Otis for a guy that big, he can move. I see why he yes. you could see why he's committed to Alabama. Have you ever seen him kick the ball off? Yes, it's incredible. Like that, it, it, when he kicks it, I think the ball is going to the moon. The, like I think it's literally you can going literally to, hear the ball screaming pain <laughs> as his foot makes contact. With that it. thing's going to explode. It's going to look like the turkey on Christmas vacation whenever <laughs> he cuts into it. But, Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> but yeah, he looked good uh, from the video I saw and. I mean, the defensive linemen that were there were great. The offensive linemen. It seems like Mason Miller is really making an impression on these kids. And uh, I, I was told by Paul that Jackson Cannon, Mississippi State commit, that a lot of people thought they might have taken a little too early. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good. Okay. So it looks like their offensive line, they got some really good options there. And the defensive line as well. Uh, Matt Craycraft was there, another offensive lineman. So that was kind of the the big story was you had some really good offensive and defensive linemen on campus, and that's what they need in this class. They need to build up that both sides of the line, um, you know. And I feel like guys like Xavier Harris and uh, Cam East would be huge for for either side of the line to get those guys on board. But uh, most of the commits were on campus. It was just an overall successful weekend. I feel like one of the better um top dog camp slash big dog camp weekends that they've had since maybe 2014 when they had that big weekend so and and, you know they got a commitment on board they got possibly you know one or two more on the way i thought you know the news on bryson hurst sounds really good uh and he looked strong at camp so it just seems like this this staff is is just really underrated. I mean, you were not yeah. expecting them to be good recruiters, but it seems like Mike Leach has has got a really good operation going on. And that, yeah. how much he's involved in that, I don't know, but he's a lot more involved than I thought he would be. And the guys underneath him, they really know what they're doing, and I think they're having a blast because they have more resources than they've ever had. Yeah, I, I think it's tough to be excited about recruiting. When you don't have resources, yes. When you're just like, you know, it's it's such a grind to get any type of player, and that's kind of what they had to go through at Texas Tech and Washington State. And now that they ha- they're they're here, and, and recruiting, I mean, recruiting Mississippi State's still not easy. You're still up against the the, the, the titans of college football, you, you know, and, and you don't have a massive in-state talent base to pull from, but you do have more, and that's got to be, you know, enjoyable. It's just it's just it just got to be. So. And as much as people try to crap on Mississippi State and, you know, this is what? a farmer's town and all that stuff. Like, Are you talking about that guy on Twitter again? <laughs> you cornholing neck. Chuck. You. Old yeah. Chuck. But, you know, as people try to try to diminish what Mississippi State has, they still got a ton of resources here oh, in yeah. comparison to, to most of the country. I mean, Mississippi State still has a lot to sell and – uh, like I said, I mean, this staff has never had these kind of resources. So they've gone from a, a school that was up in the top left corner of the map out in the middle of nowhere in Pullman to being in the middle of the southeast where you still have some great options around you and some kids to recruit. And these guys aren't scared to go after some big guns. Kamari Wilson, five-star 
uh, defensive back from Florida that Jamar Chaney's been on really hard. He was on campus this weekend. So yeah. they might not get these guys, but they're not gonna they're not gonna just give up. You know, they're not just going to lay down. They're going to fight for these guys. They'll go into Texas and Florida and try to get some big guns. So I've been really impressed with this crew. What they were able to do and build a top 25 class by not having a single person come on campus was really impressive. Yeah. And now you're starting to see the benefits of getting kids on campus. And it can't hurt to have a guy like Dak Prescott in <laughs> Startville on Saturday. And you had Jeff Simmons here last week as well. I think he, he talked to a couple guys as well. Put you on the spot. Give me the net, your prediction for State's next two commitments. Bryson Hurst, I think, is a possibility. So that momentum is which, really built up then. Which that would be huge to get a guy like that. Yeah. And I think momentum was kind of slipping from them a little bit from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a player to watch. And I mean the obvious I, I would say the obvious would be Stone Blanton. Yeah. You're kinda of waiting around on him. He's taking his visits right now, mm-hmm. which I get the impression this is him going through the process and trying to finish up. Yeah, he, want, he wants to be done. Yeah, so he went to Texas A&M last week. He was in Startville on Friday, and I think he was in Oxford yesterday or something. So I get the impression that he's trying to close this thing out. Yeah. And I would be shocked if he's not committed before uh, you know the summer starts really going because, you know, it, he's a two-sport guy, yeah. and he needs to get this He's got a lot with. to focus on. So. Yes, is he, he, he surely not? He's surely not an early enrollee, though. No, I don't think so. He would I mean, he's going to want to play baseball. He's going to want to play baseball yeah. senior year for sure. All right, yeah. we'll see what happens. All right, so you heard it, Robbie. Told you right there. Those are the guys to watch uh, for Mississippi State. All right. Uh, obviously, tomorrow's show will be recapping baseball. I will be looking ahead to that. We've got the rumblings on uh, Wednesday. Got a little thunder in the background here. As we're wrapping up, a little thunder. No Look lightning that. so far. We'll see if that. Let's see. Hope that stays away. No offense, Robbie. And. Uh, uh, yeah, we got what? Kentu- uh, is it Kentucky preview? Is this yes. this, this week? And Ole Miss Egg Bowl preview this week. That's exciting. I'll talk to uh, either Cross or Borky, maybe even Garrett. One of those guys. I don't know. So one of them's going to be a scoundrel, no matter who. A scoundrel and a scallywag. That's right. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Back with you on Monday, or I guess on Tuesday morning for for uh, I almost did it again for Robbie Falk. It's muscle memory. You got to get used to this, man. I'm get. It's only been a week. There's a new sheriff in town. No, there's a new deputy in town. <laughs> <laughs> for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.